You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another NCAA Tournament Week special here on the Assembly Call. I am your host, Jared Morris, and very excited today to have a special guest to give us insight on Indiana's first-round opponent in the NCAA Tournament. The Hoosiers will, of course, face Kent State in the late, late slot on Friday night. If you haven't heard, that game will tip at 9.55 Eastern Time. Which is crazy, but you know something that we're used to as Indiana fans because they want uh, they want that Indiana fan base. They're uh, driving eyeballs for them. Um, but as we always do when the Hoosiers make the NCAA tournament, we try to bring you as much perspective on Indiana's opponent as we can because typically it's an opponent that we don't know much about. And so we have a special treat to do that today. After the pairings were announced yesterday, I put out a tweet. Uh, you know, just asking for who would be, uh, you know, a good voice to bring on to give us some insight on Kent State. And I got a reply from somebody who said he grew up as an IU fan and now plays for Akron, which, of course, is Kent State's big rival in the MAC. They just played in the in the MAC conference tournament and said he'd be able to come on and give us some insight. And so very, very excited to welcome to the show uh, Evan Wilson uh, from the Akron Zips. Here to give us some insight on uh, on their rival Kent State. Evan, welcome to the Assembly Call. Awesome to have you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, thank you for having me. So let's start out. I just I want to get into your backstory a little bit. So I know just kind of from looking at your bio, you grew up in Noblesville. So I have to assume you're a Tom Coverdale fan. If you actually, I guess I shouldn't assume that since now, you know, <laughs> I think you were born in 02, which was Tom Coverdale's, of course, big moment leading IU to the finals. Maybe I'm showing how old I am uh, by assuming that. But yeah, give us your kind of your basketball backstory and, you know, growing up an IU fan and then how you ended up at Akron. Yeah, so uh, I've played basketball my whole life. Obviously, like you mentioned, I'm from Noblesville. Um, basketball's in my genes. It's in my blood. My dad actually walked on and played basketball at Alabama. Um, my sister oh, wow. plays basketball at Noblesville and she's committed to Iowa State. So uh, if we're not we're not discussing family matters we're usually talking about basketball in the house so i've grown up around around the sport uh, my mom is a graduate of indiana um so okay. when it was when it was also instilled in my blood that purdue's a big no-no and and indiana's the way <laughs> to go so i've been i've been paying a lot, a lot of close attention to indiana probably since uh since about the tom pritchard days Derek elston jordan halls you know they when they had those previous struggles and they had that that uh that come to life where they topped them out at number one and uh, kind of took off with with Zeller and Oladipo and Watford and those guys. Um, but yeah, I've been a huge Indiana fan my whole life. Um, even in my journey to, to to walk on at the University of Akron, I've still stayed stayed very close in touch with Indiana. Um, we actually made the tournament last year, lost a close one to UCLA. And if we would have won that game and Indiana would have won that game, we would have met in the round of 32, which was it's still oh, that's right. Very, a very full circle moment for me that we were we were a couple games away from playing what what was my childhood dream of of a team so uh indiana through and through love the hoosiers uh but like i said i i, I love where i'm at as a player as well i uh, love the university of akron and love the journey that I've, that I've had here as well for the two years that i've been here what ended up sending you out there to akron so uh I was in the position as a senior uh, during the COVID recruiting process where, you know, as, as a player, we didn't know <clears throat> what was going to happen for the, 
eligibility wise, you know, are guys going to get another year? Are guys not? Um, yeah. I wasn't getting much traction. Um, I had no traction division one. I'm, I'm a walk on. Um, I was getting D2, D3 and AI looks. And um, one thing my, my dad always mentioned to me is that um, he was in the same position as well. And the journey he had um, at Alabama, just being able to see the biggest stage and the brightest lights is something that, that he loved to do. And um, I kind of took that to heart and kind of ran with that. And when, when the opportunity came up, uh, coach gross recruited me as a walk on. And I, I took the opportunity and I'm really glad that I have Um, obviously going to the tournament is a dream come true for any basketball player growing up. So being able to have that experience last year was awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've really loved my time here. Um, coach gross is awesome. The staff is awesome. I've loved all my teammates. So it's, it's been a hell of a ride so far. Coach gross, formerly the coach at Illinois and he was at Ohio before that, right? I believe. Correct. He was at Ohio and actually had, uh, I think two appearances, but one for sure where they lost in the sweet 16 in overtime to North Carolina. So they, he's had plenty of tournament success as well and, and understands the, the value and the excitement of March madness. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into this. I mean, I think you are really uniquely positioned to give insight on this matchup because I know, you know, even though you're playing at Akron, I know you still follow the Hoosiers closely. Uh, And then obviously you have very intimate knowledge of Kent State, having played them six times over the last three years. So before we dive into just kind of talking about the strengths and weaknesses and how they match up, give me your impressions of Indiana so far this year, just what you've seen from the team, you know, what you've, what you've liked and maybe, you know, what you think are some question marks heading into the tournament from your perspective. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, um, I've watched just about every Hoosier game I can, depending on my own schedule, my own practice and game schedule, uh, which luckily they've tipped off a lot of nine o'clock games during the week. So we play our game and I go home and get a bite to eat and turn on the Hoosier. So it's, it's been a pretty, I've been pretty lucky this season to be able to watch them a lot. Um, Obviously, as any, it doesn't take a dummy to turn on the TV and realize that Trace carries a heavy load. Um, I was just on ESPN and seen that he's logged over a thousand minutes. Um, his field goal percentage with the amount of attempts that he's taking is absolutely sick to shoot that percentage with with the amount of looks and, and touches he gets. Um, obviously, it's 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 very known that Jalen Hutchfino is coming to his own, um, especially after that Purdue game. You know fans and and I'm sure the staff really realize that they can continue to rely heavily on him, especially in a high pressure scenario, like, like March madness. Um, really love the work that Trey Galloway has done too. Um, kind of an unsung hero uh, defensively. He really gets after it. Um, it's hard not to be a fan of the way he plays because he plays so hard, yeah. uh, plays very smart. Um, I, I guess my one worry going into the tournament is the, uh, the surrounding core, you know, it's, it, there's going to be a game. If they're going to make a deep run, there's going to be a game where trace isn't playing as well as normal. Uh, maybe Jalen's not shooting well. Who's going to step up after that, um, is my, is my biggest worry for them. Um, I think we, we've seen it from a lot of different people though, this year, I, I Tamar Bates has struggled, but he's absolutely capable. Malik Renew is his minutes, you know, are up and down, but he's absolutely capable. Um, Caleb Banks has even shown like, uh, positions where he's been capable <clears throat> as well. So um, I also think I lo- I'm a huge Miller Cop fan. Love what he does in the NIL world. Love what he what he does on social media and as a player. Um, yeah. A lot of respect for him. So he has to be sharp. Being a being a fifth year guy, he has to be sharp. Um, not only on the floor, but off the floor with the way he carries himself through through meetings and scouting reports and stuff like that. Um, he has to be a leader uh, more so off the court than on. But um, I I love what the team has. I love the. The, the spot that they've been given, I, I don't mind them at a four seed. It kind of makes them not a heavy favorite, which uh, I, I wouldn't love for them to be a heavy favorite. I think they're better coming coming from under and kind of surprising some people nationally. Um, so I they definitely have a team to make a deep run, but um, I think their biggest hangup would be supporting cast uh, who's going to step up because there's going to be a game where, where somebody struggles and we're going to need somebody to step up. <laughs> 
Yeah. Let me ask you this. I want to get a player's perspective on this because, you know, minutes played has been a huge issue for Indiana and a huge talking point, right? Trace is playing all these minutes. Jalen hasn't gotten a break in three games, I don't think. He's played, you know, 40 minutes back-to-back, two straight games. You know, and Kent State has a couple guys like that. I think Sincere Carey plays like 92% of their minutes. You know, I was looking at at your guys' team page at Akron, and you have, you know, three guys that play, you know, 78% of the minutes. So guys playing a lot of minutes. Is that overblown, you know, talking about fatigue and these guys are getting tired and they need to get rest? Or at this point in the season, do you think that's just kind of part of it and, you know, you guys are young enough that you can handle it? Where where do you kind of fall on that? And what do fans need to understand about that issue? Um, I think it's really real um, throughout the course of a regular season. But to me personally, obviously, like I mentioned, I – I didn't touch the floor in March Madness. I was just there as a player. Um, so I don't know what the, what what it's like to really be on the floor. But uh, personally, I feel like if you can't get excited for March to see that March Madness on the floor and can't kind of like rejuvenate yourself and energize yourself to play hard, then then I, I don't know if, if it's the place for you, really. Like, it's just such an unbelievable atmosphere when as soon as you step in that gym. Even when we got off the plane, like, it just felt different. Like, it, being in March Madness, it just feels different. So uh, I think this week is huge, though. Um, like you mentioned, we had some heavy minute guys, and uh, one in particular, our, our big man, Enrique Freeman, who's an unbelievable player, If um, not just yourself, but if any of the fans listening haven't ever seen him play, watch his clips. He's unbelievable. Great Dude, guy. his defensive um, rebounding percentage is 30%. Holy crap. Yeah, he's unbelievable. And, and like I mentioned, he's a great player and even greater guy off the floor. Um, but after we lost um, our last regular season game against Kent, we, we were we were given a couple of days off. And I think you could even see the juice in him having just a couple of days off, like getting a little break before you go into a, a very important part of your season. So I think this week is huge. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not a player for Indiana. Don't know what their what their plan is this week, but rest is huge. Um, but like I mentioned, it's March Madness. It's it's the best time of the year in college basketball. I think once that ball is tipped, guys are going to be ready to go uh, because it's such a such a coveted event, and and everybody realizes that. Yeah. All right. So let's turn our attention to Kent State. Like we said, you've you know been part of an Akron team that's played them six times in the last two years, I believe. So you've seen them up close. Give me kind of your scouting report on them, strengths and weaknesses, you know, what are the things they do really well and what are maybe some weaknesses Indiana has a chance to attack? Man, uh, rivalry aside, they are one of the toughest teams uh, physically and mentally that, that you'll come across. Uh, They just, anytime there's a run made against them, they don't, they don't flinch. Anytime they make a run, they don't flinch. Like they are just a really, really, really tough team. And I think, that what stands out the most that proves that is defensively how good they are. Um, they are tough. They're smart. Um, they're super physical. Um, but I think I just checked NCA this morning and I think they're 12th in the nation in steals per game. So it, it yeah. pro- that's, a, that's a proving point of how just nasty they are. They're just a nasty group. Um, offensively, they kind of, they're kind of the same. Uh, they're led by the, you know, they have great guard play and, and sincere carry and Malik Jacobs. Those guys are great leaders for them. Um, but you know, if, if sincere, if the ball is not in sincere's hands, those guys are trying to be really physical down low. Uh, Malik Jacobs is super physical in the post. Uh, their post players don't get a lot of post up, like traditional post up touches, but when they get it, they're super physical. Um, their three man Von Cameron Davis, he's super physical. So there, um, it's almost like you feel like you're trying to get punk, like they're trying to punk you. And it's mm-hmm. it kind of challenges you, um, but they're just super physical and high energy. Like I mentioned to you earlier um, off the air. 
I've played basketball for a long time and there's not a team that feeds off energy as much as them as I've ever seen. You know, anytime they get a dunk, um, if sincere hits a three, if they get a charge, if they get a block, they get a steal, like those guys just, they play really hard for one another. And when, when, when good, when good things start going, man, they have a lot of energy and they're, they're tough to stop. So um, very deserving team. Um, They played Toledo in the Mac championship who was second in the nation in points per game and just offensively really good. And, Kent found a way. I mean, they just were nasty and they found a way to slow him down. And it, it, in turn, Kent put up 90 plus, which I don't think wow. even from from just a predictive standpoint, based on statistics, I don't think anybody would have predicted Kent to put 90 over Toledo in it, it when Toledo's, you know, the offensive juggernaut. So they, they just find a way. They're super tough um, mentally and physically and just a very good team. The way that you describe them and and, you know, just kind of, you know, reading about them. They sound a lot like Rutgers. How would you compare them to to Rutgers, which is a team obviously that Indiana has seen and had varying levels of success uh, against this season? Yeah, um, it's a pretty good comparison. Um, the Rutgers is kind of in your face. They kind of don't care. You know, they're they're going to challenge you almost more mentally than they will physically and 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 skillfully. Um, and don't get me wrong, Kent's a very skilled team, but they're going to challenge you. You know, they're 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 not going to stand down. Um, you yeah. never know in March Madness when you get double digit versus single digit seeded games. You know, sometimes they're blowouts. Sometimes it's just a bad matchup for the lower seed and they're a blowout. And sometimes they're upsets the other way. You know, there's it's a ten point upset. Um, but in you know not making a prediction and no one, no one here is here to make predictions, but they're going to walk into that gym and they're not going to be scared of anything. You know, they, they are battle tested. Um, they lost by a couple possessions to Houston and probably should have had that one probably could have had Gonzaga too at Gonzaga, which are two really good tournament teams um, lost a close one to Charleston. They won 30 plus games a season and, and cleaned house in their, in their tournament, in their conference. So um, I think the confidence level is there for them. And like you mentioned, Rutgers is, um, you know, whether they're coming off three losses or three wins, they're, they're not backing down. They're, they're there. They're ready. They're ready for war. They're ready to battle. And Kent's the same way. They're going to walk in that gym and they don't care that it says Indiana on their chest. They're, they're ready. They're ready to go. So um, I, I think Kent or Rutgers is a pretty good comparison to them just mentally where they, where they stand in their confidence and their physicality. Where are kind of the, the weaknesses from a Kent state perspective that you think Indiana could take advantage of based on Indiana's personnel and how Indiana typically likes to play? Yeah. Um, good question Kent uh off the catch and shoot um they have a couple guys that are pretty good but as a team they're not a huge three-point shooting team um Jalen Sollinger sixth man of the year in the Mac is is on their team and he's a microwave uh he gets off the bench and he's he's coming in to shoot the ball and he can he can fill it up really fast um they're starting four man Myron Thomas can really shoot it well too uh really good pick and pop guy um, but as a team, they're not they're not going to hit 13 threes. You know, they're not going to light you up from the three point line. And when you look back to I think uh, I think it was the north the northwestern game. We look back and uh, IU kind of got dotted. I mean, it, and I saw a thread on Twitter and the threes were open threes. So, you know, if, if that's not going to be a huge struggle for, for Indiana because Kent's not going to shoot 50, hit 15 threes on you and pressure that way. Um so yeah, I think that would be you know if Kent were to hit ten threes, it's a ball game now. It's it's on for for the Hoosiers. So uh, that's one thing that they that isn't their their bread and butter. Um, but you know we talk about it all the time as a team in, in a one game setting. You never know, especially in March Madness. You never know. So 
Um, if they get a good feel and they start hitting some threes, it could be trouble. But the the, the numbers will say that they're not coming in to hit 10 threes um, when they play on Friday. From an offensive From- perspective, looking at Indiana's offense, where do you think they can take advantage? Because uh, Kent State obviously is a really good defensive team. The one thing just when you – and I, again, I haven't watched them play, but just you look at the roster, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of size, which tends to be you know what gives Trace trouble is when he's going up against guys that are a lot bigger than him. What do right. you see as maybe some places where Indiana offensively can take advantage of Kent State? Um, I think the biggest thing for Indiana's turnovers, um, like we like I mentioned earlier, uh, Kent is really good at taking your ball um, anywhere on the floor, not just up front with a point guard. It's in the post. It's in passing lanes. It's they know what play you're running. They pick you off like they, they can just take your ball whenever. So if a high turnover game for Indiana is going to heavily favor Kent. Um, but you know, if, if, if Indiana has 11 turnovers and they're spread out, then it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as, as, as bad. But if, if you have 15 turnovers and you get in six possessions, you get four of them, four turnovers from Indiana, then Kent's going to go on a run and they're going to have the momentum like they've done a thousand times this season to all teams. You know, they, they get on a run because they feed off their defense. Um, it goes back to their offense too. Their offense benefits from how good of a defensive team they are. Um, uh, you mentioned their size in the post. Um, as as much as they aren't tall and and long, I think they make up for it physically. Uh, mm. They're they're they've started two different fives, but they tend to lean more on Claron Hornbeek, who's a great player. Um, he's got great size. He actually shooting seventy three percent on the season, which is sick. Um, doesn't matter how many attempts you got; it's a pretty good number. Um, so he's physical. Um, they're 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 backup sort of backup. Uh, Chris Payton is, is one of their big men. He's super physical. He can jump out of the gym. Uh, both those guys are good rebounders. So um, those guys are tough defenders. Um, obviously the, the, the Vegas and everybody's going to tell you that trace is the favorite, but those guys are tough. Um, they're, they're good. They're good defenders. So biggest thing for the Hoosiers would be the turnovers. Um, you can't turn the ball over 15 times and, and beat them. Um, and then offensive rebounding. Um, they, if, if they have to offensive rebound on Kent, because, um, a couple possessions is what can break a defense down. Um, as as good a de- as a defensive team they are, it's hard to guard for a minute. Um, if they were to have Ken out there for a minute, you, the odds of them scoring definitely go up. Um, so cleaning up the glass and getting some off some second chance points and not turning the ball over is what's going to favor them. I want to talk a little bit about the guard matchup. You know, because you talk about Kent State, that's the first thing most people bring up is sincere carry. Malik Jacobs, you know, they're two guys that play a ton of minutes um, and they're, you know, obviously very active. They're both, you know, in the top 500 in the country in assist rate, but neither one is really all that efficient shooting wise. You know, Sincere carries effective field goal percentage is 46.1. Jacobs is 41.8 and they're both 6-1, which is obviously a disadvantage when going up against Jalen Huchifino. From a matchup perspective, do you see one of those two guys guarding Jalen or will they try and put someone taller on him, do you think? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I can't speak to – there's so many uh, in-depth analytics that coaches across the country use to kind of pick yeah. matchups. And, and then there's also scenarios where you got to throw the analytics out and just say who's going to man up and guard, you know. So I yeah. can't really speak to what the matchup is going to look like. But I, um, I was listening to Coach Bowles, who's the coach at the university – or um, at Ohio – Ohio University. He was on the Field of 68 podcast prior to the selection show happening and we're kind of asking them you know like what what's you know what's their strength what their weaknesses and kind of asking some questions and one thing he made a great point that um sincere carry is even though his percentage might not be super efficient he hits shots when they need them and when they Mm -hmm. matter 
Um, and I think it was especially important this weekend for them in the MAC tournament. If you watch um, our game and then their game against Toledo, um, if they were ever getting a run against them, he'd hit a three. If they're ever on a 6-0 run, he hit another three and pushes the 9-0 run. So, you know, he hits the really big ones, and he's a big-time player in that aspect. Um, so, you know, numbers say that he's not very efficient, but some guys just have the clutch gene. Some guys just have it when when the game's tight and it's time for somebody to get a bucket, he can get it. So um, that as you know, that's something where no matter what the game's close, someone better f- find him quick because he he will put you away. He's really good at putting teams away. What's funny that actually describes Jalen in a lot of ways, who can be pretty right, yeah. inefficient. But then when it's a big shot, you always think it's going in. You yeah. know, so I think I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, are, that are matchup, there... as, as, just a, as just a fan, that matchup's awesome. Like you know, if, if you know anything about Kent, you know anything about Indiana, you're excited about that matchup. You got a freshman who's likely going to be a one and done. Um, you got a fifth year guy who's been at Duquesne prior and is at Kent and, you know, he's their, he's their bread and butter. He's their leader. Um, so it's, it's a hell of a storyline, um, hell of a matchup. And as a fan, not, not even, you know, not even being an Indiana fan or not even knowing Kent, just being a neutral fan watching that, it should be a pretty good battle. Yeah. Are there any other matchups, um, you know, in, you know, kind of individual matchups that you think might favor one side or the other? Um, not really. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a player. I don't make those decisions that, that the coaches make. Those are tough decisions that they have to make prior to games. And, you know, that's, those are decisions they have to make in game to switch a matchup here or there. Yeah. Um, I just think their, their toughness is so good. Um, I'm, I, I really, the Jalen Solinger, I can't emphasize enough how much of a microwave he is. Um, he's averaging 0.7 assists on the season, which I think is a testament to how much of a microwave he is. Like when he comes in, he can score it anyway, and I I think in the in the six games that oh, that I've been a part of against Kent, I've seen him hit layups, I've seen him hit pull ups, I've seen him hit runners, I've seen him hit floaters, I've seen him hit on the line threes, I've seen him hit deep threes. Like he's got a bag of just tricks offensively. Um, so that that kid can play. Um, so I'm excited to watch him play against a uh, you know a power or five opponent. And then uh, Chris Payton is a guy he can jump out of the gym if you you go on Twitter or Instagram or anything and check his highlights from the the Toledo championship game. He was all over the room. I don't, I think he had like maybe one layup and like six dunks or something crazy. Like when he gets in and around the rim, it's, it's typically a highlight play. Um, so that, that athleticism and physicality against a, a power five opponent is, it will be fun to watch for sure. How do you see kind of the rebounding playing out here? Because it's been a weakness for Indiana, you know, in a lot of games. I mean, they've given up a lot of offensive rebounds, um, and they don't tend to be a team that does a lot of offensive rebounding themselves. But, you know, you look at Kent State, that's kind of one of their defensive weaknesses is they're giving up, you know, 30.2%, you know, rebounding percentage. Uh, but, you know, will Indiana actually commit enough to take advantage of that? On the other hand, they're pretty good uh, from an offensive rebounding percentage, getting 30.8% of their misses. Um, you know, right. kind of how do you yeah, see they, that potentially playing out? Yeah, um, I think anybody that plays Kent understands that it's it's turnovers and it's offensive rebounds. Um, they can take your ball and turn that into points. And then, obviously, the the money in college basketball is transition and offensive second chance points because you get that offensive rebound and everybody's scrambling now because everybody went to rebound. You lose, you lose a guy like Jalen Solinger, you lose a guy like sincere. Um, that's a three points going down. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a huge key for Indiana. You you have to rebound um, against a, a team that's so good on the offensive glass like Kent. And then you mentioned uh, conversely, they're not great on the, on the other side. Um, and it's because they send everybody, offensively so they give up points in transition sometimes um 
And, but I think they're, you know, in a game like that where, where the, the magnitude is so high of the game, especially from a mid-major, um, they're, they're going to be more likely to be on top of things like that. Um, more detailed. Uh, I can speak to that being a mid-major team, like the pressure I felt as a team, way more pressure during the tournament, the Mac tournament than the NCAA tournament. Mm. Um, when we, cause when you get there, you know, you know, you're an underdog and, but that doesn't scare you. You understand that you also understand the upsets happen and that, somebody's going to be an upset and it's just, you know, are we going to play well enough to get that magic on our side and make it happen? Um, Cause they happen every year. So um, in a situation like that, I expect Kent to be really on top of things like that um, because of how important it is to, to winning and losing for them. Um, so I, I, I expect, um, expect them to be crashing the offensive glass really hard um, and then trying to fix it on the other side of the ball as well. Boy, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the arena is like, because, I mean, obviously we expect Indiana fans to travel pretty well, even though it's, you know, all the way out in Albany, you know, because Indiana just always has a good contingent of fans. But what's, you know, interesting about the NCAA tournament is typically, you know, the other groups of fans who are there will rally behind the underdog, you know, if the underdog is playing well. And that'll be interesting from a Kent State perspective, you know, because you're talking about how energetic they are and how much they feed off of that. You know, for Indiana, you've got, and I think you mentioned this with, you know, don't let the turnovers come in bunches. Don't let them get a lot of momentum because not only will it get them juiced up, but in an NCAA tournament environment, I would imagine, you know, they'll have the other fan bases there kind of cheering them on and kind of helping them sustain that energy. Yeah. And, and you hit it right on the nose. Uh, when we were, so we played, like I mentioned, we played UCLA. We played in Portland last year. So was not close to Akron, Ohio at all. Um, we had a couple of donors and we had a couple of, family members and some coaches wives and coaches family and that was about it our section was right across the bench and it was really small and when we scored a bucket we heard them and that, that was about it um but so you know we were all the way out in portland I, being on the west coast before i looked it up um i'm like okay so ucla should probably have a pretty good fan bases were on the west coast and then when you look it up there it's an hour drive so they didn't pull you know they obviously because they're a bigger university and more historic they had more fans per se but it wasn't big. They didn't have a big fan base. And I think it's a great point you made that they're playing in Albany, you know, Indiana travels well, they just do. So they're going to have a pretty good chunk, but can't people, they're going to travel well because they're excited. Um, and what you mentioned about being a mid major and, and the fans being behind you. So we're warming up uh, while we're, we're the last game of the day on, we played on a Thursday while we're warming up, they're playing the St. Peter's and Kentucky game on the screen. So we're warming up and I'm hearing like, just like random cheers and like random yells from the crowd as a whole. And I'm like, what the, what's going on? And when you look up there, St. Peter's is beating Kentucky. And it's, it's a perfect point that you make that if the, if the game is not, you know, if the game's not in Columbus and Ohio state's playing in a, in a tournament setting, they're going to root for the underdog. So the, the if, if the game's close and, you know, like I mentioned, sincere's a clutch player games, it's a two point game. And sincere hits a three with three to go. That, that crowd, if you're not wearing red, it, they're going to be Kent State fans. So um, that's what I think it, it's so beautiful about the tournament is that um, you have your strong power five teams that, you know, they their fans run deep and run wide and they're going to travel. But if the game's close and the pressure's on, it's, it starts to feel like a home game um, for the for the underdog. And I, I kind of felt that for our team as well when we were uh, – we played pretty well in the second half uh, with about four minutes to go. The crowd starting to get a little louder. The first half was pretty quiet because, you know, guys, people are just watching the game and don't really have a dog in the fight. But when when the game was close and they realized it was a ball game, they're like, okay, the Zips got a chance to make this happen. Like, they're the underdog. We want to see an upset. So 
Um, I think it's a great point that you make for Kent that if, if the game's close and, and gets close as the as the game winds down, it's going to start to feel more and more like a game for them back in Kent, Ohio at the Mac Center. Um, people are going to be back in them. And like I mentioned, they're an energy team. Uh, they feed off of everything. You know, if they get a sincere three or a, or a big dunk with three to go, they are going to feed off of every fan in that in that arena that is rooting for an upset, which, you know, is, is daunting for the Hoosiers, but it's it's motivation that, to put it away for them. You know, if they put it away, then they don't – you don't experience that. If, if it's a ball game, it's a home game for Ken at that point. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction, but I am curious just what your gut feeling is on how this game will go. You know, kind of watching Indiana and seeing some of their ups and downs this year and knowing what you know about Kent State – like just you know, what what do you kind of expect to happen? What kind of pace do you feel this game will be played at? What what's your, kind of your outlook on that? Yeah, so uh, Kent plays fast. Uh, they get a steal, they're out of there. So um, if if like we mentioned before with the turnover battle, if they can create turnovers, they're going to dictate the pace. Um, if they create turnovers early and often, it, it, the game will be played fast, and it's going to be played at their at their pace. Um, I think I think the the turnover battle is just so huge, man. I, I can't stop thinking about the turnover battle for both teams. Um, you you got to you got to take care of the ball in any game, especially in this game. Um, but I'm I'm excited to watch Kent in a situation like that because of their energy. Um, they feed off of everything that happens. Um, but it, as Hoosier fans, we understand that there's there's like three, four, five different Hoosier teams in a season. You know, you get your team that goes into Purdue and, and and wins pretty comfortably towards the end of the game, hits free throws and takes care of business and knocks off the number one team in the nation. And then you get the team that comes out flat at home against Iowa when they're so good at home and they just were just flat, man. It was, it just, it wasn't them. And, you know, that's the team that I, I fear for Indiana's sake. If, if they come out flat like that and don't respect the opponent, it's a ball game. And it's Kent's going to, you know, if Kent plays with a two to five point lead the whole time, they can put it away fast because of how clutch, sincere, and, and Malik are, and when when the game's tight. Um, but you know, if Indiana values the opponent and 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 they pay attention in their scouting reports and are and are on top of things, then they definitely have the ability to 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 control the pace. Um, but you know, you never know what any of the teams you're going to get with the ball's tips. So I, I I worry about then what what team we're going to get um, because Kent Kent's not going to back down. They're going to be ready. They're going to be. Ten toes down. Everybody on that bench is going to be ready to go. Their staff's going to be locked in. Their their players are going to be ready to go. So, um, should be an awesome game. I'm really excited. Like I mentioned, just as a fan with no dog in the fight either way. Obviously, it's a tight rivalry between us and Kent, and I'm from Indiana and love the Hoosiers. But take all the bias away and just sit down and watch a game. It, it's a I think, and you can even tell on ESPN and, and CBS, a lot of people have circled this game as a potential upset, as a potential Kent being a potential Cinderella team because they understand that. Kent has the ability, um, and they've they've proven it with their early season early season games against Houston, Gonzaga, and Charleston, where they were they came up really short, but they were really close to to making it happen. So um, it's going to be a great game, and I'm, I'm really excited to watch for for both teams' sakes. Gosh, and it's not even what Indiana team is going to show up from game to game. Sometimes it's from like timeout to timeout. <laughs> you know, it's like within yeah. games, they, you know they're they're like four different teams within a game. Let me ask you, like, you know, being inside a college locker room, I know you haven't played, but I mean, you've been there and you see this stuff up close, you know, like what causes that? Because, you know, it's like, you know, Indiana goes and plays so well at Purdue and they come out against Iowa and it's like, we know this team plays hard, like they go out there and they're moving fast, like giving effort, 
but it's like the focus just flips on and off. Like what, like what causes those inconsistencies? Is that, is it more of a focus thing? Is it an effort thing? Like what, what do you typically see as being the reason when a team's just like playing almost inexplicably bad? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think you hit it pretty close on the nail with focus. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that many college players across the country don't play hard. Um, I think obviously NIL is taking a little bit of purity out of the, the, the off the court stuff with college, but um, the purity of college athletics in general is what makes it such an appeasing thing to watch. Um, and I think it's a testament to how hard the players play every night. You know, you turn, I can turn on any game throughout the season. I'm like, damn, he's playing hard and they're down 15, but like, Kid, the kids don't care because, you know, everybody's trying to make it to the next level and, and hit, get their big break. And that's what's so beautiful about college sports and college basketball, especially, is that it's never an effort thing. And, uh, personally, I don't think it's an effort thing for a lot of teams. Um, obviously, you know, your bottom feeders aren't playing really well. That's when you get some guys that struggle to give effort because there's there's writing on the wall that they're not going to a postseason tournament or not doing anything after their last game. But, you know, the, every team in March, they're going to play hard. Um, but I, I think you get on the nail with focus because, you know, if – um, like I said, I, I don't play heavy minutes. I haven't been there. But um, personally, I think if you're playing a game in January against, you know, if you're playing against the 10th ranked team in your conference and you're in the second half and you just hit the 12 minute media and you're up, you know, up 15, you're kind of you kind of relax a little bit mentally, not so much physically. And then, bam, that's how we see the Indiana team that that gives up a 10-0 run to a team that's not not nearly as talented as them, but just came out out of that media timeout. Uh, we talk about a lot as a team um, valuing, you know, from media to media. It's like, there's so many, there's games within the game. You know, you, you if you win so many of those sections, you're going to win the game. It, it makes the game sound so simple. But then when you think about a 40 minute game, you're like, Oh my God, it's a long game. But winning those sections of those media timeouts every four minutes is, is really huge. Uh, so, you know, lacking that focus um, and, in games and you know just you know you're playing a, a mediocre non-conference team in december it's sometimes it's hard to bring that juice mentally um you're playing a team that's bottom half of your conference and you and you, you know you might not respect the opponent that's when it's hard to bring the juice mentally so um i think you hit it totally on the nose that it's it's more of a focus than the physical physical thing um but like i said it's march it's the best tournament in the world in my opinion it's the best athletic event in the world is this tournament so if you can't play hard and focus in March, then you're not meant to be a national champion or a final four contender. You know what I'm saying? That's very well said, man. You're good at this. Have you done a lot of media stuff before? Are you, uh, like, what, what are you studying? What are you planning to do after school? I'm a sports business major. Um, I've always been comfortable talking to just people in general. I, I um, I'm not one to sit at home and be play video games and just chill. Um, if, if I have an opportunity to go be around people, whether I know them or not, I usually, say yes because I, I love being around people and love talking and um it's so easy for me to talk about basketball you know being it and when i saw your tweet and it, anything that says assembly call on it anything that has the cream and crimson i get excited um you can ask any you know even my teammates some of my teammates tease me like dude, do you even are you even a fan of akron like all you do is talk about Indiana. <laughs> like they tease me because i i love i love the hoosiers and um uh, but yeah it, talking about basketball is easy for me um so, yeah, I, I just enjoy – I love this opportunity. Um, like I mentioned, I, I want to give Kent their dues. They're, they're a great team. Um, it was easy to, to talk about both teams because I'm a huge Indiana fan. I've watched majority of their games. Uh, obviously, I've played Kent six times in two years, and you, you take a couple days to prepare for every team. So you're seeing – now you're not only watching your own game, but you're watching clips from games prior. 
Um, and so seen a lot of kit, obviously seen a lot of Hoosiers over the, over the, over my life. So, um, this is a cool opportunity for me and I, I enjoy, I enjoy talking about basketball with anybody. Yeah, that's great, man. I really appreciate it. Well, let me get you out of here on this, which is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about expanding the NCAA tournament. And a lot of times, you know, when that happens, you know, fans of schools like Indiana and big schools, the initial reaction is, no, there's already too many teams in the tournament. We don't want to water it down. But it strikes me that you may have an interesting perspective on this now coming from the MAC because, you you know, take a team like Toledo, who was awesome all year. They won the regular season MAC title, right? They've won the last three regular season MAC titles. Yeah. Okay. And so they lose in the conference tournament and now they don't make the NCAA tournament. But, you know, all things considered, probably as deserving as a team like Kent to make, you know, to be playing. I'm curious what you, because, you know, if if they expanded the tournament, it would allow teams like Toledo in. I'm curious if you're, how much you've thought about that. Are you in favor of that? And if your experience now actually playing in the MAC kind of changes your perspective on how you view it. Yeah. it's It's a great topic and a great thing to talk about. Um, Initially, I, th- I think about it as a, just a pure fan. Um, it's like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. You know, like the, the tournament raises so much money. And I can't remember uh, the numbers, but I read, a tw- I read a Twitter thread last night just talking about just the money involved in the tournament. And it's unbelievable. So it's like it, it's been so good for so long that it's like, why change it? Um, but being on a mid-major team, we would love to have another opportunity. You know, we, we finished third. Um, we lost to the champions. We feel like we're, we're a good team and we feel like we can upset, you know, power five teams. There's some power five teams that don't play great basketball, but they're just really athletic and they just get the job done, you know? So teams like Toledo and us, we, we would love that opportunity. And, and um, if, if, a, if, you know, if there was a vote, I guarantee all 15 of my teammates would vote, open this thing up, let more mid majors in and let's, let's play. Um, but I, I get both sides. Um, like you mentioned, Toledo, unbelievable team. Um, they've done a great job the last three years, just been super successful in conference. And, um, you know, they just haven't gotten the job done in the tournament the last three years. Um, they were the one seed this year, one seed last year. And I'm not, I mean, if they won the conference the year before, they were the one seed that year too, or, or, or tied, you know? So a team like that who has had so much success and not rewarded with an NCAA tournament appearance hurts. Um, I'm sure it hurts them. Um, kind of hurts me as a, just, you know, a Mac fan I'm, rivalry aside from Kent, I'm a Mac fan. You know, if they weren't playing the Hoosiers, I would totally cheer for them, you know, but since they're playing for the Hoosiers, I just want to watch the game and, and see how it plays out. Um, so you, as a, as a player in the Mac, you want to see more teams. Um, I've had people ask me before, you know, like, why are you guys not in the tournament? Why you, know, you guys are a good team. And, you know, if you line us up against, you know, say we were a bubble team, but Oklahoma state, they didn't make it this year and they played 18 quad one games. Like that's yeah. sick. That is so sick, and that that's a you get some of those, some more of those teams in. Um, I, I totally get. We scheduled a pretty hard um, schedule this season, non conference. We played Mississippi State there in the tournament. We played Nevada in the Grand Cayman tournament there in the tournament. Um, we also played LSU out there, who um, they had it rolling at one point. That at that point in the season didn't fare very well in, um, in conference play this year. But um, if you open it up, you open up a chance for more upsets and more excitement. I think. Um, and a team like us and a program like us, like if we don't win the tournament, we would still love to go. If, if the NCAA called today and said, hey, <laughs> we're going to fly you out tomorrow. Will you will you have your team ready? I guarantee everybody in the in the team says we will be ready. Um, so as a mid-major, you want that opportunity. Um, but I totally understand that this is the greatest tournament in the world. Um, maybe the, the World Cup maybe competes with this, but that's every four years. So the greatest annual tournament is March Madness. 
and if it's not broken and there's no need to fix it i i get i get both sides um but we would love a chance yeah no amen to that so you guys you were 22 and 11 this year right yes so did you did you have any thoughts about maybe making the nit or are you guys going to play anywhere or is it is the season done um, I, th- I'm not, I don't know how all that works to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I watched the NIT, uh, selection show last night and saw that Toledo got in and they'll play Michigan. Um, should be yeah. a great game for them. They're a great offensive team. Like I mentioned. Um, so I don't know the details of, um, invites and stuff like that. I'm aware that there's a CBI and, um, we, we didn't have practice today, so obviously we're not in anything. And, um, I, I, under- I from my understanding, you can accept or decline, um, invitations to certain things. And I understand that, um, maybe some of them you pay your own way. Um, so yeah, CBI, I'll, I think you have to pay like 29 grand or something is the entry fee money. I don't have, but <laughs> um, I understand there's a lot more logistics behind it. And I'm not, I, those decisions are way made way above my head. Um, so don't have much to say on that. Well, Evan, I really appreciate this, man. It was a, uh, a pleasure talking with you. I really appreciate the insight. I and mean, I think this is probably as good of a scouting report between Indiana and Kent State as anyone's going to get because you know the yeah. two teams as well as anybody. What, uh, where's the best place for IU fans to you know, kind of connect with you and keep track of what you're doing? Um, probably Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You have my Twitter. You uh, tweeted my profile um, at ewillio 2 um, My Instagram is at evan.wilson20. Um, I'm pretty responsive. I'm pretty open. My my DMs are open. I'm, um, like I said, avid Hoosier fan. Um, saw some comments and people were excited. Some some familiar faces, familiar names back home that were excited um, that I got this opportunity and I was pretty excited too. So uh, Twitter, Instagram is the best way to reach me. And uh, not doing this for the fame, uh, just doing this because I love sports. I love the Mac. I love the Big Ten. I love the Hoosiers. Um, Kent's the rival, but I will I will have a little part of me will be rooting for them to, to play a good game and, and put some pressure on the Hoosiers and, and just hopefully see a great basketball game. Well, good. No one does assembly call appearances for the fame. That's for sure. It's just, <laughs> just to nerd out about hoops. That's what we do here. <laughs> well, cool. Evan, man, thank you so much for this. This was great. And uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully it's a great game. I assume that it will be. We, of course, hope that the Hoosiers come out on top. But the more that you kind of dig in and learn about this Kent State team, you realize Indiana better be ready because this is not going to be easy at all. Um, It should be a fun 40 minutes of basketball, I think. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate it, man. Yep.